This episode is scripted, narrated, recorded and edited by Newell Fisher, with script assistance by John Ruths. Hello, and welcome to the Watership Down podcast episode 62, in which we will be analysing section 4 of the 1978 film, The Chief Rabbit. Sorry about the slight delay of this episode. They have come out on about Tuesday recently, but it's been a busy week. This is also the first episode to use the incredible technical innovation of an external mic rather than just the inbuilt mic of my smartphone. I hope it makes a difference. I've been having a fascinating conversation with a listener in Finland by the name of Lia Makla. Sorry if I massacred your name there. One of the most interesting subjects was about the experience of reading Warship Down in another language. For example, in Finnish, the gender of characters is less immediately obvious. One result of this was that she assumed that Silverweed was a doe. I've also been enjoying the comments by Sean Hagins on the YouTube channel. Among many other comments, he has provided the following correction, which needs quoting, regarding chapter 21. Quote, You said that the title of the chapter comes from a quotation in the book that no one actually uses. Not so. Fiverr said he would tell a tale for Elachrera to cry when he described the history of Cowslip's Warren after Big Big was released from the snare. End quote. Well spotted, Sean. He has also sent me a copy of a Watership Down radio play produced in 1982 by the Australian Broadcasting Company, for which I'm very grateful. I'm sure I'll have a lot more to say about this in the future. For now, I will just comment that this is easily the most faithful dramatisation of the original book I've come across, though with some quirky exceptions, such as Bigwig being a captain at Sandalford and Holly a major. Also, the escape down the river test is told intriguingly as a flashback, and I noticed the flirtatiousness of Bucks and Does was dialled up a bit. A harbinger of the full-blown romantic rabbits of the later TV series, perhaps? It also features most of the stories of Elachrera in some form, which are very well told, using a mixture of narration and dramatisation, and its slightly dated radio play style did not detract at all from my enjoyment of it. A great find. Thank you, Sean. I will add this to the Watership Down chronology, and will eventually go through it over a few episodes before moving on to Tales from Watership Down. I'd like to look into ways in which fans of Watership Down can access this production, as it was a fascinating listen. I'm also certain to mention more of what Leah and Sean have said on other subjects in future episodes. These conversations are a real eye-opener, and welcome to the Owsler to both of you. So then, on with the episode. Section 4. The Chief Rabbit. This section covers from 9 minutes 30 to 11 minutes 50 and the equivalent chapter from the book is Chapter 2, The Chief Rabbit. Hazel? It is Hazel, isn't it? It is. What are you doing here? We want to see the Chief Rabbit. As the music dies away, Hazel and Fiverr approach a rabbit we immediately recognise as Bigwig, who is seemingly on duty guarding the Chief Rabbit's burrow. A shortened version of their first conversation from the book follows, in which we learn that Bigwig seems not to know Hazel well enough to immediately recognise him. In the background, Blackberry and friends appear as they try to listen in on the conversation. Once again, this is new to the film. Another change from the book is the interruption of Captain Holly, whose manner is very harsh compared to the way he acts in the book, even when trying to later arrest Bigwig and Silver. There he at least remains polite, until Bigwig attacks him. But here he's obnoxious right from the start, distractedly telling Bigwig to send Hazel and Fiverr away between mouthfuls of grass. He even interrupts Fiverr's attempt to explain why they need to see the chief. Combined with the Coltsfoot episode with Toadflax, we we are really getting to see why rabbits would want to leave this warren. 
Bigwig demonstrates why he might not be ideally suited to this Owsler by being gentler with the visitors. It seems strange that he is able to just tell his Owsler captain he will handle it, but this is what he does, and nothing more is heard from Holly for the moment. After being easily persuaded to let them see the chief and telling them to wait, Bigwig dives down a hole and we hear his voice muffled saying, quote, Excuse me, sir, these two outskirters have asked permission to see you. Is it all right if I bring them down? End quote. He reappears in the hole, a little comedically, I've always thought, and tells them to come with him. In the film, he says he will probably get, merely get his ears chewed off for doing Hazel this favour, as opposed to the full decapitation he anticipates in the book. Hazel and Fiverr go down the hole after him. We cut right as Dandelion, then Blackberry, lead the group listening to, to the hole to try hearing what is said. Two other rabbits join them. These are Pipkin and, I think, the added female character Violet. And now we hear the chief rabbit's voice for the first time, echoing in his burrow as the camera zooms in on the hole. We're being taken underground as viewers for the first time in the film, and this is done very effectively using a detailed background painting that is used for zooming and panning. At first, we only hear the conversation with the chief rabbit, who is never referred to as the Threarar in the film, as the camera moves around the background that gives us a good look at the inside of Sandalford Warren. In this film, every Warren has a different look, in the case of Sandalford, it seems quite neutral in tone, with no particular message being conveyed, conveyed by how it is rendered. But there is still an air of mystery as we join this underground world that was, I suppose, rarely viewed in real life back then, as the technology to do so, i.e. small enough good quality cameras, did not really exist. At first, we see Hazel and Fiverr from the side, with Bigwig nervously listening as they talk to the out-of-view chief. And then we see him clearly, an effective portrayal of the rabbit version of an elder statesman. As soon as he hears what Fiverr has to say, he calmly turns his back on them, though still supposedly involved in the conversation. This action is accompanied by what I'm going to call an oboe-based theme that seems to reduce the gravitas of the chief by emphasising his ponderous physicality. Basically, it emphasises how he is old and a little past it. Their conversation is again faithful to the book, but truncated. The shot of the chief's foot stretching that I've used as the image for this episode also seems to be a subtle expression of his power. Ostensibly, this is just an old rabbit stretching an arthritic foot, but the combination of the claws appearing, with Hazel and Fiverr right behind them, as well as the chief saying, what ought we to do, seems to me to point to another subtler meaning. The chief of the film, as in the book, has already dismissed these two upstarts, but his intentions of the film are even less friendly. In a wonderful example of the subtlety of the animation, we see Bigwig realising how this conversation is going, shaking his head and turning away as he realises how much trouble he may be in. We cut away briefly to a curious Blackberry being warned off listing at the entrance to the burrow by an angry holly. In the book, the Threarar gives a lengthy explanation as to why leaving the Warren is impossible. Here it is truncated. Fiverr's panicked reaction causes him to have a kind of fit in the book. Here he just runs away crying, we can't wait. Then we see the subtle annoyance of Hazel at being misnamed Walnut by the chief again. As Hazel follows Fiverr out, we get one of the bonus scenes of the film only hinted at in the book as the clearly embarrassed Bigwig tries to creep away. But it is too late. The chief wants a word, knowing full well that Bigwig is trying to creep away, and in the film we get to hear what he has to say to him after he has to call him back a second time. Quote, what was that all about? Your duty as an officer is to protect this borough. Those two lunatics had better be watched, end quote. This is a good example of the difference in Owsler culture in the Sandalford Warren between the book and the film. In the book, Hazel and Fiverr are of no consequence as mere outskirters, and they are free to leave for all the chief cares. 
It's only the Owlsler members who get into trouble. But here, the two brothers are a security concern. This is our first clue that the Sandalford of the film is a little more like Ephrafer than in the book. As Bigwig's dressing down continues, the camera once again explores the interior of the Warren as a subtle trumpet theme begins to play that implies the beginning of a growing tension. It is a good example of how subtle brass music can be, contrary to its usual image, as anyone who plays in a brass band will surely attest. Hazel and Fiver are now in the sights of the Sandalford Owsler. What will they do next? Comparison with the book. This part of the story is basically a summarised version of what happens in the book, only with an added sense of menace not yet fully realised. This is not a version of Sandalford where outskirters are just free to leave. In order to move things along, other rabbits are already in on what is going on, and events are about to escalate dramatically. Next time, a large group of rabbits try to leave Sandalford Warren.